So opportunities come and go, but in order to be able to feel that this is your opportunity, this is your way, you need to have some time to actually reflect and calm down if something happens to you, be it positive or negative. And so giving yourself this time and not being worried that you uh, go, that you're going to miss something in this life because everybody else seems to be so fast in their decisions or whatever um, can give you, you know, an advantage just for yourself. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. In reality, Ukrainian people are much better, much more interesting and friendly than other people expect. This podcast is about the real life experiences, work, and personalities of Ukrainian people everywhere so that foreigners discover the positive truth about Ukraine, hear the voices of Ukrainians, visit the country, and invest in the economy, creating more opportunities for the younger Ukrainian generations to stay and build their country. Hello, my name is Aziz, and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me, and even though he struggled with cancer after that, for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then, from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for the children who lost their families in the war. I couldn't return to Ukraine in 2020 because of COVID-19, so this project is my volunteer work to help Ukraine. And thank you all so much for the support. This podcast now is ranked number one on Apple Podcasts about Ukraine, top 100 travel podcasts in France, in Switzerland, and in Ireland, top 60 travel podcasts in the United Kingdom and in Norway, top 50 in Sweden, in Canada, in Italy, in Spain, and in Jamaica, top 25 travel podcasts on Apple Russia, top 20 on Apple Poland, in Belarus, and in the Netherlands, and top 10 in Finland, in Romania, in Cyprus, in Thailand, in South Korea, and on the Maldives Islands. So please keep supporting this project together. We have already reached 100 interviews. So the next goal is 150 interviews of Ukrainian people on this podcast. And if you want to learn more about this project or to send me a message, go to the Instagram aziz.future. It's also written in the description of this podcast. My guest today is Natalia Zueva. Natalia speaks Ukrainian, Russian, Spanish, German, and French. She is a true language geek. She's a student of foreign languages and translation at the Taras Shevchenko University and an English mentor at ASAP School. Her hobbies include running, and music. Natalia, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I will start this very, very differently since I love languages. And to me, 
I will tell you why languages are so important to me. When I go somewhere, I don't want to be a tourist who just experiences the shallow part of some culture and who goes on those touristic circuits <laughs> in both ways, circus and circuits, where you just see what they display to you. I want to be immersed in the culture, to know the people, to almost be like a native and to experience life fully from that place. Because in many ways, I was looking for that sense of experiencing the world as a citizen of the world where I can have meaningful, true life experiences in multiple places and to see where my heart will feel at home the most. That was for me. I don't know how it is for you. What motivates you to learn languages? Uh, well, essentially, I agree with what you've just said. Um, I mean, exploring cultures, taking a glimpse um, that is a little bit more detailed into what our first impressions can tell us. Uh, for me, also, it's sort of a passion and a way of, um, you know, broadening my horizons. Uh, for example, I adore this feeling when I come across some familiar word. Um, for example, I'm reading a book in English, and then I find words in French or German or Italian. And I feel that I can understand something like a work of art, uh, a song, a book, um, sometimes maybe a picture if it includes some references to the culture that I'm studying so much more and so much deeper. I don't know, it actually inspires me a lot. And also, learning languages gives you a lot of freedom. I feel that uh, when I'm speaking a different language, um, I'm showing a different side of my personality, even in terms of gestures, although um, essentially I stay the same person. Uh, but still, it allows me to explore myself and not only the cultures. I love what you're saying. And actually, I've read a book about this specifically, that there were studies that showed people actually have somewhat of a different personality in different languages, and the way their personalities develop in different languages enrich their identity in a way where they become multifaceted, because even deeper, language is actually the software that shapes your brain, and your worldview is limited by the connotations of the words you use in your language and the structures that allow you to see or not see what is happening in the world. And therefore, when you explore and see and perceive the world through different languages and different cultures and structures that are embedded in the grammar and the vocabulary, you will see different perspectives. And having multiple perspectives is actually the true meaning of wisdom that when someone can have more languages, actually, they become a wiser human being. But to make sure I understood you correctly, for you, what you love about languages is that you don't want the shallow side of exploring things and of life. You want to go deeper. And in many ways, when you listen to a song or read a book or a piece of art in a, that is written in a language, but then you perceive and see words from other languages that you can recognize, that is a great experience for you that makes you feel really like that was a special moment or a special skill or something like that, if I understood correctly, as well as it allows you to go deeper into cultures and understandings of other people and not be 
shallow, as well as it's interesting for you. Is this a correct understanding? Uh, yes, you have summarized it pretty well. Um, so I like this feeling of eureka when it seems to me that I understand something better than I could have um, if I hadn't spoken the language. And also, yes, I like to go deeper. I like to explore cultures and my inner world. So, yep, you're right. How does eureka relate to exploring deeper? Mm, uh, I mean, Eureka is this uh, moment of revelation, if you know what I mean. Like, um, just suddenly I see the connection between like different words and languages used in a book or in a song, as I've already said. And then it's like, whoa, <laughs> like a struck of lightning for me, you know, when I notice all of this beauty of different lengths. I love that. What I was asking isn't really like, that specifically but okay i'll ask something totally different so when you get that moment of revelation or to me it almost feels electric and it charges you with energy and i'm sure archimedes when he was running out of the bathtub naked rail and eureka eureka he was sharing <laughs> that similar experience but okay let's go to a different different thing that maybe will relate back to languages what is something that makes you feel truly alive that when you do it you feel exactly that those emotions that you love to feel that makes life feel worth it and that is something that is special that you really enjoy whether it's related to languages or running or music or something else please share it is actually related to music first of all and then second of all to running um, also, um, I mean, communication with people makes me feel alive, uh, when I can listen, when I can share something. So such interviews also make me feel better. Thank you. Um, if we speak about music, that's really special because it's my passion that combines languages and rhythm and emotions and self-expression. And there are numerous ways, um, of exploring your personality inside the music world, like playing it instruments, singing, um, you know, even uh, just being a part of an audience when you come to a concert. So it's really invigorating, I think. Really invigorating. And I'm going to focus on something specific. So what I heard is when you do music, you can explore your personality from in different ways, whether playing an instrument, being part of the audience, or any other way. Is this correct? Yes, yes. And you said that in different languages, you explore your personality in different ways. Are they similar experiences? What is similar between them and how different are they? And is this even correct, my understanding? Mm, they are both similar and different, if I can say so. Um, in languages, it's more about verbal things. Uh, while in music, it's more about something that cannot be put into words. Uh, like, you know, emotions, just the feeling that you can share or make people feel as you do. So it's a little bit different, but still, yes, um, both these passions focus on the same thing, which is exploration. I like that. So you said in music, you can both feel emotions as well as impart or share the emotions you feel to the audience. 
So it's special in that way. While language is about the words and especially the moment of discovery or eureka of some connection between different languages or words from another language that you understand in something written in English, for example, etc. Is this a correct understanding? And then I will ask a question. Uh, yeah, it is. Thank you. And you mentioned exploration two times with so much emotion. So to you, <laughs> what does exploration really mean? If you were to meet some alien who wants to speak English and doesn't understand humans much, and you were to say three ways or three things to describe to them what you specifically mean with exploration, not the dic dictionary definition, what would you say? Okay, that's a difficult question, actually, because it combines the imaginary situation uh, of a communication with an alien uh, and also, uh, you know, my, my no, subjective understanding. No, forget the alien. <laughs> I just uh, forget the alien, only your sub subjective understanding. And I say it so that you don't assume people and know what exploration is, because since you're a linguistics lover, if you combine linguistics with psychology, you'll understand that all words that are not concrete, have a very unique definition for each human being. Therefore, your own meaning of subjective definition of exploration is unique to you and therefore is fascinating. I just add the alien as a thought experiment, but forget him. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll do that. So, um, three things. Uh, well, first of all, discovering uh, which emotion I feel at that particular moment or which emotion I want to share. Because sometimes, you know, like you may be feeling happy or you may be feeling blue, but you cannot quite put your finger on it. And some tools like languages and music for me personally allow me to understand myself better in this way. Uh, furthermore, um, I can understand why I feel that way um, throughout music, throughout languages. Uh, for example, I can just like start talking to somebody or even to myself or writing something in my diary uh, in another language, like in any language that I feel like writing in. Um, and it allows me to take a glimpse into what makes me feel that and just, you know, um, acknowledge the situation, maybe accept it, embrace it. And the third way is to analyze something that happened in the past and maybe influenced me right now. So music, if it triggers some specific emotions and languages, if they do so, allow me to sort of take all of these three aspects and combine them. I love what you're doing, and I don't know whether you studied journalism, but you shared the how, why, what, and when, which is <laughs> really cool. So that's what was uh, valuable to you, and it's a great way to communicate, but I think you didn't even do it intentionally. Your brain was just being really good at communication. So if I understood correctly, whether with music or with languages, it's these things. It allows you to discover how you feel in that moment, because often as human beings, we might not really know how we're feeling. But when you get in touch with that through languages or music, you can know what you are feeling. You can discover why you're feeling that way, maybe by noticing and observing while you're doing what is called trans-derivational search in psychology, which is that the emotion wow. you feel today 
where the emotion you feel today links to all previous memories where you felt the same emotions. And therefore you look for the pattern on why and how in and which circumstances caused you to feel a similar feeling. And therefore you understand yourself better and more. Is this correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally correct. I like the way you summarize everything that I say. Thank you so much. And I like you're you're the only other person who said that specific sentence to me, other than your friend Lisa. So really? I understand wow. why your friends I mean on this podcast in real life, yes, but usually in the podcast she said exactly that sentence. I like how you summarize what I say and the way you summarize it. So another thing. And I want to explore running because we've been speaking about languages and about art. And I will propose something. Some people, they actually like the anticipation of the running. They just look forward to it. It's almost like some people when they have some chocolate and they don't want to eat it right away. They want to just leave it there and look at it and anticipate all the great sensations they will have. Maybe that's your favorite part about running. Other people, they're more kinesthetic and they like the run and the feeling of their body and sensation and muscles in motion, in movement, being in flow, basically. Or there is, when they finish, there is something that happens, which is the runner's high, where the endorphins release in the brain to repair the muscles. And when they release, they give this really euphoric, feeling and people chase that often to you as a person that is unique in this world which one of these parts or any other is really the most meaningful and enjoyable part about running well it depends uh, sometimes i may go for the first then for the second and for the third but also have the fourth <laughs> um so which is uh the feeling of calmness and of clearing my head if you know what I mean. Like, for example, you can have a lot of events, uh, a lot of things going on in your life, and then a lot of emotions, and maybe sometimes you feel overwhelmed, and then you go for a run, and after some time, you feel that although there is some music playing in your headphones, otherwise your thoughts are totally blank. And I really adore this feeling. It's like a kind of meditation for me. I don't do meditation, like, you know, in... In a traditional way, when you just sit um, and, you know, focus on your breathing or on your thoughts. But running for me is this type of meditation that allows me to clear my head for some more ideas that may come once it's ready. Yes, it allows you to clear your head for more ideas that will come. And actually, your friend Lisa said the same thing, but not about walking in the forest or in the park, that at first her thoughts will be rushing, but over time she can calm her mind and listen to herself. So to you, you said, yes, one of the three things I proposed, as well as as a meditative experience, that although there will be music in rushing into your ears and your eardrums, your thoughts are otherwise very calm, it's quiet and therefore maybe you had a lot of events in that day you can release them and let them go so that you open the door for new ideas and for a good feeling of relaxation is this correct 
Yes, yes. So essentially, it's a way of some emotional relief, I guess. So both in a positive and in a negative way. So if I feel bad emotions, I can go for a run, they will go away. If I have a lot of positive emotions, and I'm just, you know, I cannot express them, and I need to think it all over, I can also go for a run, and then they will subside a little bit, and I feel calmer. So it is catharsis, correct? Well, maybe, maybe. I haven't thought of it in that way, actually. But maybe it's possible. Great. So if you have basically overwhelm, I don't know whether you'll use that word, but if I understood correctly, if you have negative emotions, you run to release them and shake them off, basically. Or if you have a lot of good emotions and it's overwhelming and you cannot express them, you reduce them or regulate them in that way so that you can return to balance. Is this correct? Yeah, so, um, I mean, this excessive energy of positive emotions can also be difficult to um, to manage, sort of. So I just allow it to settle in. To settle in. But you said you're listening to music in your ears, and to you, music is an emotional experience. So I'm curious to understand, how can your mind be blank, your emotions settling, while you're listening to music, which, as you described before, it's an emotionally heightening kind of experience. Mm, well, there's a difference in, uh, you know, when I uh, play music or when I sing and when I listen to music, and not all music can, um, can bring up this emotions, uh, as you've said. So it, not all music can be heightening in that experience. Some music can be just great to listen to when you're having a run or when you get up in the morning and do some uh, some exercises, whatever. But some music can really get deep um, into your core, if you know what I mean. So there, there's a lot of different types of music for me. And I know you'll answer with it depends, but do you have a favorite kind of song or music that you return to again and again and again? Mm, some of them, yes. Um, I have songs that I've been listening to for five years. For example, in winter, it's one song which is called Black Flies by Ben Howard. And yes, every winter, I'm sure to turn it on. Tell me more. Describe that experience. Describe the emotions. And why is that so delectable for you? <laughs> and I like, with you, I can have all kinds of uh, extensive vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> vocabulary which is, so let's have fun. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm not sure that I will use extensive vocabulary because I'm thinking a lot about the questions you pose me. But yeah, okay. Um, well, this song, um, first of all, uh, the singer has a great voice, the kind that I like, um, somewhat raspy, but still gentle. And then he has a great guitar solo, which I admire. And then the words... Um, you know, he sings about um, about winter, about um, things that winter stole the summer thrill. And, um, you know, winter is just this time when you can accumulate energy and reflect on things, reflect on what you'll be doing in the future, like in spring or in summer. And you can just analyze and 
said carefully. Um, and also he sings in reference to John Donne's poem that um, no man is an island. So I understand it as, mm, as the absence of the possibility of no influence. Like, you know, uh, of course we're individual, but we are all subject to some influences of the information that surrounds us, of the media, of the people. And uh, for me, this song, this phrase is about stopping just for a small moment and finding the connection to yourself. So, yeah, that's what winter is about. And it's all in the sun for me. Great. So winter to you. If I could take just one thing you said, it's about reflection and finding the connection to yourself. Is this correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. But I feel curious about something else, which is you use the double negative, which is if you know that the brain gets confused by double negative. So I thought it's really fun that you said the absence of non-influence by others, which is really cool. Uh, So it's called the mind-bending language when you use double negatives. But I I, I just wasn't sure how to convey uh, what I wanted to say. And then I just started saying that and I was like, okay, okay. No, it happens to me as well. If you listen to this, podcast sometimes i begin to express in a thought in a way and then mid word i change that the way i want to phrase it and therefore i will do the same it's just that it was really nice to see you use mind-bending language which is some people will use it on purpose to play with people's minds like if i tell you what would happen tomorrow before yesterday You know, that's mind-bending. When when you take things and put them in different directions on the mind, it will confuse people. But what happens is this allows people to become more open-minded because if they're being stuck in a thought that is not helping them, someone who is psychologically savvy and wants to help them, if you do say something like that, they get confused for a second. And then for a few seconds, their mind will be open. And therefore, you can like help them more and not be stuck in a pattern or a loop of thought that is negative and not helpful. So maybe you can use that with your students or with some people who are being like, no, I can't do this. It's impossible. I'm not good enough. And then you can say anything mind-bending like you said the absence of non-influence and like, what, what's happening? And then you say, you're good enough. I believe in you. And then for a few seconds, their brain is just open and therefore positivity can come through rather than trying to convince people, which makes them be more stuck in their own existing thoughts because people don't like confrontational approaches to helping them. Even if you try to help them, it makes them even more stuck in the negativity, but to focus on you. Everything is influencing you or us in general, the media, the people, the circumstances, the environment, which is wonderful because in systems theory and the chaos theory approach to life, that actually the biggest thing that determines your ability to have balance, success, the life you want is actually the environment you are in much more than your own inner ability or even hard work. Because the environment influences you all the time. We're like a a permeable membrane 
absorbing <laughs> what's around us. And if it's not supporting us, we will not raise beyond those limits that the environment will just push through into programming us. But to you, why did you say that? Why was that valuable for you? And explain how does that process happen in your own thoughts subjectively, the way that everything, we're not an island, that everything is influencing us all the time. Um, okay, you, you mean why do I think that uh, something influences me and when it happens, um, if I understood it right? You said in the song, when you mentioned mm -hmm. about the poem, and you said no man as an island, you said specifically the absence of non-influence by yes. others and that the media, other people, etc., are influences us all the time, correct? Mm -hmm. You said this, it means it's something important for you. It's a topic that is meaningful to you. Just share about it, your thoughts. Okay, uh, well, you know, sometimes um, when you see a lot of information around you, uh, for example, on social media about people taking different paths in life, pursuing different careers, uh, sometimes maybe you start to doubt what you should do. And uh, to be honest, I haven't quite defined who I want to become. It's hard for me. And now um, I'm uh, about to graduate from my university to get my bachelor degree. And I'm not sure where to go next. And so sometimes um, I think that I need to find more connection to what I really want and not just uh, follow some success stories because, you know, every path is different. If I go there, it doesn't mean that it will be my passion. So um, I feel that sometimes I need to channel uh, this connection and really discover what I want to do, even when, um, when it makes me afraid, you know, um, to try even uh, because I think I will find uh, I guess it's important for me to actually acknowledge again and again that, yes, I want to go there no matter what everybody else says. That's it. I love that. And this is a topic that is really dear to my heart and near to my heart. And, you know, to me, I'll tell you what I believe, but I'll tell you a few things first. In the Bhava Gita, which is a Hindu religious book, and it's a great book that I read recently and really wonderful stuff. One of the focuses is this. You will be much happier following your own path or dharma and then failing at it than succeeding following the path of someone else's. Or as Joseph Campbell will say in The Hero's Journey that your purpose in life is to follow your bliss. And he analyzed all the mythology mythologies of the world, the stories that were repeated generations through generations and found the core is this. You as a hero of your own life, there will be difficulties, there will be naysayers, but what you have to do is to follow your heart and follow your bliss. And I will tell you what I will say. I have this strategy that I call the uh, no regret strategy, which is Many people, when they're on their deathbed, they regret a lot of things and they wish they have done more. So to me, success isn't really about achievements. It's about at the end of the day, did I give my everything in that day? Did I feel as fulfilled as I could? Because happiness is temporary, but fulfillment is a 
state where even in a negative day you can feel? Did I connect deeply with other people in that day? Did I give myself to something meaningful that is bigger than me? And then that is a successful day. But to add even more, in life, and I recommended this book before, it's The, Ran- the Drunkard's Walk, How Randomness Controls Our Lives or sh- Shapes Our Lives. And in that book, they say this basically. Any path you take, it can lead to failure or it can lead to success. Or as I believe, really, the experts or other people's paths, the way they succeeded, there was a lot of luck involved in that and being at the right place at the right time. So instead of trying to follow anyone else's, follow what your heart tells you is right for you because it's as likely to succeed as anything else, but you will give it much more passion much more hard work because it's meaningful to you rather than doing it. And a voice will always be nagging, telling you, this is not right. This is not what you're meant to do. So I believe in what you're saying. You're saying really the right thing. And I'm speaking a lot because it's so important for me. At first, I thought, you know, life is about doing what society thinks is the right thing, but that is not happy. And I found that my own authority is me and my heart and my loves, and my passions. And that's why I speak to people and interview them about that, because that is what's truly meaningful, not them telling, oh, I went in this journey, and you should do it too, but why they loved their journey, and why it was meaningful. And that's really much more of the spark, and the passion, and the fire than anything. Do you have any comment on this? Otherwise, I'll ask another question I'm curious about. Uh, well, actually, I can really relate to what you're saying, and I don't know if this answer is going to change the direction of your next question, but I have a passion that I haven't mentioned because it's not dormant, uh, but, you know, I'm giving it time to bloom, and that is acting. Uh, well, it is not uh, unexpected, given my previous answers about exploring uh, different parts of my personality through languages and music and running as well. Um, and I've tried to um, go, like, when I was choosing my major, uh, I had two options to go into acting and to go into languages. And I was pretty good at languages at that point, so I knew that I would succeed. But in acting, no. And I tried to, you know, take this exam uh, when you need to perform in front of the jury. But I was so anxious about it that I got completely frozen. And so I didn't get into that university. And um, the system in Ukraine is that if you put the priority, like if you don't um, go for your first priority, then automatically you go for your second priority. And that's how I ended up in um, my university. And right now, when I look back at it, I think that it's great because um, it has given me time to think and to actually figure out more about this passion. Because like after my first failure, I thought, okay, maybe that was just, you know, this rosy dream when you think that, uh, oh, acting is so beautiful and I want this beauty. But actually, no, because um, right until that day, I feel that, it is the past that I want to explore. And when you say uh, your words about um, this passions, about a different path that we can take and choose, um, I fully agree with that because, you know, acting is not beautiful in all aspects. And um, my 
uh, a lot of friends tell me that it's hard and I understand that because um, well even before you get on set and spend days filming some movies or series you need to spend as much time if not even more in order to learn even the basics of the craft so so yes it's pretty challenging but I still feel that one day I I will be ready to go into that again Yes, and don't let acting atrophy, because really, I will tell you the secret to life. Actually, your right path, you will get more challenged with it than the wrong path, because life gives you the lessons you need, not really the things you want. And I believe truly, when you go on your the path that is meaningful, that is your passion, it's actually harder because you will get hit exactly where it hurts the most until that becomes something that is not a trauma anymore or a pain or a weakness. It, you need to be strong enough. And I believe even further, life will tell you no, 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 no about your right passion until you're ready to move on to the next level and get a different set of no's, but you'll have progressed further. So life is really about that and therefore that experience of freezing in front of the jury that was actually an indication because your heart had the passion there it was telling you that yes this is the right path for you this is how you'll grow most as a person this is how you'll get your heart broken multiple times but each time learn more about yourself than anything else so keep going and to ask you comment on this please yes and yes, the question changes changes because this is a dynamic experience. What was the first time that you really had this fascination for acting? Did you watch some movie and you felt connected with uh, some actress or actor? Did you have a family member who was acting during family dinners or something and you thought, wow, this is so cool? Or did you read a book about the theater or cinema life, and you thought, I love this, I want to be there, and you they did, dreamed about it? Or just share how was that moment of discovery that this is a passion for you? Okay, uh, so to comment on uh, your phrase, well, yes, uh, exactly, because it's so important for me. Um, every time I get to know, it hurts, it really hurts, and I need to have some time, you know, to uh, just like go back to normal, um, sort of, and not um, stay frustrated because of that. That's why I think I'm not so dynamic in my approach. Like, I don't do something every day because it's not easy for me. Uh, but I think that. I'm getting there because, um, well, even even when I do not um, dedicate my time specifically to acting, I still grow as a person. I have different emotional experience. And I think that in the future, of course, it will help me to understand more and to be able to you know portray different states of emotions so so still i believe that sometimes even in action if it's a reflection uh can bring you somewhere about um about the specific moment i don't know really i don't uh, i remember when you were uh, asking that question i remember it's an episode from my childhood when 
Um, well, I learned to read when I was four and it was a surprise for my mother because I did it uh, on my own. Um, she used to read me some fairy tales before I went to sleep. But then uh, she had a lot of work. Uh, she was designing, um, you know, designing different costumes at that time. And I understood that she couldn't do that. And so, well, if nobody could read, if nobody yeah, could read to me, um, then I decided to learn that myself. And then um, I surprised her at first. And then I started uh, reciting verses, you know, like learning some poetry. And we have um, like in, in Russia, there is a famous poet, uh, Pushkin. And so he has a fairy tale about um, Sultan Tsar. And so I remember this time when um, my mother's friend uh, came over to visit us. And my mom was like, oh, um, Natasha knows this verse. And I was like, oh, yeah, I will tell you. And I remember reciting this verse and how much thrill I got from that. And also I participated in some uh, place at school, um, you know, as a bird, as a princess, as a snowflake or whatever. And I really always got a thrill from that. Although it, it was also challenging because, you know, like the fear of coming on stage and on performing, especially before the audience, you know, not before people you don't know, always made me feel a little bit worried <laughs> about the outcome. But then I also had this ecstatic feeling of uh, not overcoming this fear, uh, but like learning to dance with it uh, when you still when you're still afraid and you feel it, but then you also get pleasure from that. I don't know how to explain that. So maybe um, a sum of these moments um, have uh, have added to my passion. And uh, usually, yeah, I can feel a connection to an actor or an actress for some time. It changes. Uh, but I don't think that that was like the first point when I started watching movies and being fascinated with them. That was not the first thing. I guess that the beginning was in reading and imagining stories and reciting them. So, but still, I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's just what I think right now. And tomorrow I will change my mind. But yeah, your question um, made me reminisce about those times. I love that. So dancing with the fear especially when you know the audience and that gives you a thrill and it's ecstasy or an ecstatic feeling. And to you, it's something that whether you were a snowflake or a bird, or I imagine you as a little girl um, reciting or reading or professionally speaking <laughs> the verse that gave you that thrill. Well, is this correct first? And then I'm going to ask a question to conclude in many ways. So is that the correct understanding? Like some people yes. dance with the wolves, you dance with the fear, which, okay. If I would put it in these words, will this be correct? That in many ways through acting, you cross or go beyond your comfort zone. And that is to you a thrill. <laughs> is this something applicable or totally wrong if i said those words yes it's it's really way out of my comfort zone but then i feel happy about it immensely happy about it immensely and since we're speaking about a topic that is really meaningful to your heart what from your heart could be advice that you can share with the audience maybe someone needs to hear that right now that is maybe related to this or not, but your heart feels it's something that needs to be heard. 
I would say that um, it's important to give yourself time. So we are not supposed to rush for all the opportunities that present themselves in our life. So opportunities come and go, but in order to be able to feel that this is your opportunity, this is your way, you need to have some time to actually reflect and calm down if something happens to you, be it positive or negative. And so giving yourself this time and not being worried that, you, uh, go, that you're going to miss something in this life because everybody else seems to be so fast in their decisions or whatever um, can give you, you know, an advantage just for yourself, an advantage of understanding what you want and an advantage of really being able to feel some courage to take the decision, which you know is going to be difficult, but um, eventually you cannot do it otherwise. Well, I hope that that was, <laughs> that was comprehensive enough. Thank you. So if I understood correctly, it's not to rush into opportunities because of some fear of missing out, FOMO, because other people seem to live this ideal life, which is totally fake, but on social media, is so portrayed that they're so confident and making all the right decisions and living life fully on their own terms, but they're human too, and they have bad days and they make wrong decisions. But to return to you, it's like what Warren Buffett said, approach life as if you're so selective about opportunities that you're willing to say no to 99 opportunities in order to find the one worth saying yes to. So to you, it's not about rushing into things, but reflecting, understanding yourself, whether through music, whether through uh, running or languages in order to know and be ready and continue growing so that although the hard decision of following your heart and your passion will be difficult anyway, but you'll be more ready. And when you're ready, you can say yes to that and pursue it rather than jumping before you're ready, just because there seems to be some deadline which is totally imaginary. Is this a fair way to describe this? Fair enough. <laughs> Thank you a lot. <laughs> you're welcome. And if people want to connect with you, to learn more about you, maybe to message you if they wish, what are the best links that I will share for that? Mm, well, I think the best link is my Instagram still, so uh, you have my profile um, because I open it quite often, uh, and also Telegram. Uh, but but yeah, I think it's to, Instagram is better. It's a better way of connecting. Thank you very much, Natalia. It was a pleasure, and I wish you a brilliant day, full of inspiration, full of passion, full of emotions full of exploration and discovery, as well as music, acting, languages, and Eureka moments. I couldn't have wished myself a better day. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thanks for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. It was, um, it was, you know, also kind of like reflective and in some ways um, eye-opening for me, the things you shared about psychology and about your views in life. Um, that was quite enriching. Thanks. Thank you very, very much.